Dr. Beverly. Welcome to the Holistic Transformation uh, podcast sponsored by the Dancing Bear Enlightenment Academy. Today we have a special guest, Carrie Musha. She is an anxiety and mindset coach. Carrie, a devoted wife and mother of three, is an anxiety and mindset coach. After conquering personal stagnation through coaching and mastering the connection between language and subconscious patterns, where she discovered newfound energy and purpose, her coaching approach not only transforms her clients' lives, but also fuels her own continual growth, creating a space for lasting transformations. Today, she's going to talk to us about conscious transformation by exploring anxiety, mindset, and inner potential. Welcome, Carrie. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, we're glad to have you. So tell us your story, uh, how you got started. Why is this your passion? Oh, my story. Let's see. I owned a yoga studio for nine years, and so I had entered the mind-body world. And came to a place in my life where I felt stuck, which is actually the studio started because I felt stuck. So then I created that. And then there I was again, I was at the same spot. So in that, I realized, I mean, something is continually going on that hasn't been moved if I'm going to get stuck again. Had a friend invited me to um, an organic farm. And she was like, you should go over here to this organic farm and do this one day thing. And I said, okay, well, I've done everything else because when you own a yoga studio i mean i've seen everybody clear every chakra i've 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 cleared every chakra i've meditated till you know the break of dawn and um yet something was still stuck so i got there and that's when they started talking about subconscious and conscious mind and that most of us that our patterns exist in our subconscious and that our subconscious is 95% of everything we do or say. I always tell people it is the autopilot of brushing your teeth. When you, when you were a kid, like you would go right side, left side, top, bottom. If I ask you now where you start, it may take you a while. And you might, might be able to tell me tomorrow <laughs> where you brush your teeth. Because most people don't know because they just automatically do it. Oh, I know. Sure, sure. You do? Know, you start right there? And then there. And there. And there. I have a pattern. <laughs> See? But um, most people don't really know because they just do it because it just happens because they learned it and it's just, it doesn't take any thought. And so that's our subconscious and that's what's actually controlling our lives. And 5% is our conscious mind that's responsible for everything we do and say. And what they said when I was there is they said, we're all using our 5% to try to get things done. And that's why we're so tired. Well, I, I was like, wait a second, because I was exhausted. I was like, what is happening to me? And I had actually experienced where I had um, what the world calls epilepsy. I'd had seizures for 32 years. And so when I'm sitting here and I'm listening to all this, I was like, wow. It's, I thought that's why I was tired. <laughs> I thought but my mother told me that you have seizures, honey, you're just going to be tired for the rest of your life. Well, there's just another belief, but that oh, was, wow. <laughs> that was a belief, but I bought it wholeheartedly. Yeah. I was like, sign me up. I took more, I took a two to two and a half hour naps every single day for 32 years. I believed I was tired like, and, and I was, but what I discovered in when we started playing your subconscious 
what my coach was doing that day in that room is she asked people some questions. And when they started talking, she'd listen to their exact words. And in their words, that's where she created her questions using those words. And then they'd have these epiphanies and they'd be like, and you'd see everybody and they'd change right before your eyes. I was like, oh my gosh, give me this. What is this? And so I immediately signed up for a nine day retreat and had massive, came home from that and the two hour naps were gone. Well, that's all it took. I mean, I, if you do math, math on that, the time that was, that I didn't, that I let go of, that I lost, that I sacrificed because I believe that's what it was going to take. Wow. I was like, and so when I came home after nine days, I had, there was, I didn't require going to sleep. I had so much energy. But the funny part is I said, what do people do? (laughs) What do people normally do? My day was consumed with sleeping. So once I came home and I thought, after, first I thought, oh, this is like an energy high, right? It's, I'm going to, I'm going to hit flat. It's going to, I'm going to lose this. Waited, waited, didn't happen. So I sustained it and I was like, wow. And I thought, if this is what I get from only nine days, I was like, this is, this is what I'm going to do. And so I immediately signed up to go be trained as a coach and jump in. And what I know, and I had known this for a long time, anything I do, if I do it for me, every time I coach somebody, I'm coaching myself at the same time. I just raise myself. I laugh. I'm like, oh, there's my pattern coming in front of me. Today, she's where she has brown hair. I'm like, oh, she has red hair today. <laughs> like, it's, yeah, just, yeah. it's me. And so I just jumped in. And then after I had done I had conscious, I had practiced conscious um, language for a year. So retraining my subconscious mind. So what we do is we use it for repetition. So most people understand mantras and at least in the yoga world, we all knew mantras. But my experience of mantras were I am joy, I am peace. And what happened is that kind of jumped over where I was. It was, it was great, just was too big for where I was right now. So we use decrees, which are spiritual affirmations and things like I give myself permission to remember joy because you have to crawl before you can walk. And sometimes we're in a different spot. So it takes a little bit of steps. And so after doing that and jumping in for a year, I discovered the pattern of my seizures and I was able to shift that in a year of just finding pattern after pattern, as you can hear, believing that I had to go to sleep, that I had to check out, that my mom carried all the information. I mean, there was a, there was a lot that ended up being wound in there. And after a year, I am now, after that, I went through myofascia tissue release, which is another part of our training that we use because the tissue stores the issue. And I returned to the farm for that training. And when I walked from that, I have now been three years seizure and medication free. So I'm going to say 20% of physical issues is physical and 80% is subconscious. So I was going to ask you if you healed those seizures because, yeah, you should have been able to. It was, I believed I couldn't handle anything. I had to check out. And so 
the more we believe we can't stay here, our, and, and is every seizure, is that it? No. But it was mine because I believed I couldn't stay and handle how I felt. And once I gave myself that, um, that I choose to stay, and my most powerful tool is love. That's what I know about myself. And I've learned about most of us is our most powerful tool is love. And when I gave myself that my love stays and I stay for me, wow, I just, it was reprogramming that I had to check out. I have to go. I can't handle this because every time something came up, I would have a seizure, like something stressful. And doctors would say, oh, it's caused from stress was I believed I couldn't handle whatever was happening in front of me. And then boom, I'd have one. I, I mean, I had medication. I still had them through the medication. Like I would not all the time, I would be able to eventually the stress would get big enough and it would, they called them breakthrough seizures. You'd break right through the medicine and boom, I'd have one. So it was just so much proof that there's so much under there. And my body just manifested. I remember when I told my husband the first time he said, you mean to tell me that you decided you were going to have seizures as a way to take a nap and rest? <laughs> and I said, not consciously. I'm like, my body just decided, hey, here's a way because it took me 24 hours to recover. I got lots also, of sleep. You were a child. Child Children don't know how to cope with things. And it's the weakest point in the body. So apparently your nervous system was the weakest point, which uh, that would be kidneys. So everybody has one of their elements, um, you know, kidneys, um, uh, water elements. So one of your elements will be the weakest. So for you, it must have been a water element and kidney. This is Chinese medicine. Kidneys yes. control the nervous system. So your nervous system said, okay, we're going to shut you down because we don't know how to deal with it. And yeah. now you've learned that and now you can help people. That's really awesome. That's Thank really you. awesome. Yeah. That's a wonderful it. gift. Yes. I, I love it. And I, and it's funny because like I said, everybody that comes in front of me at first, everybody came with the first where they were all checking out of their bodies in some way for something. I've, seizures no other ways and then I just get anything that's coming up in my life and a client comes in front of me and I'm like oh I'm you know you know I can go oh I gotta go to bed I'm not gonna I'm like no no I'm, I'm going I don't matter how tired I, I, or how sleepy I feel like I am I'm gonna go have this session because something is gonna happen for me that's gonna be miraculous yeah, I feel that way about my patients as well. It's it's like I learned so much from them. It's amazing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's really I we always laugh. We always say, um, I coach myself through others. It's like seeing uh, yeah. it through them. Like I coach myself through others. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. Yeah. So um, what what else now? Do you only see people in person? If you do myofacial release, you can't do that over the internet, right? Or can you? Um, no, I do. I do one-on-one -on -one calls through Zoom, but I don't do the myofascia tissue part except in person. And okay. so we have retreats where I do that part. Wow. But first I do the language portion where I am able to have people express what's going on. And then I just write down the words that I hear, and then I ask them questions, threading the words together. It's, yeah, it was, 
had just uh, just today, what yesterday? So my son plays sports and he had a back um thing. He came home and he said, Oh my gosh, like he had a muscle spasm. And he said, I had this spasm and it's taking me out of football. And uh, he came and said, I want I require a translation. Will you translate this for me? And I said, Okay. I said, All right, let's go. And so I started writing down because he had been in a car wreck and he had hit somebody from behind and he had, and of course Ooh. here it is, it's happening on his back. And then he's like, and then he was playing football and he was like, Oh man, these guys won't get out of my way. I keep hitting them in the back. So there was back and oh. we're having all this repetition of this back stuff. And so then I get down to it and I'm like, Hey, I started writing down all this stuff that he said. And I asked him, I said, how does that, how does it feel? He said, it, it, it hurts. And I said, well, a muscle is a uh, power and a spasm is out of control. And so, and um, I said, and he was talking about, you know, not being able to play football because he believed um, somebody was taking his spot. And so I said, oh, so is it possible that anybody can take anything from you? First of all, he was like, no. And I said, okay. And I said, and when do you remember feeling this in your back, this pain that you're talking about? And he said, well, the first time I remember it was in seventh grade. And that's when somebody took my spot for football. And I said, he said, I wouldn't get to start. And I said, okay. And I said, so let me ask you something. I said, did you get to start? He goes, no. And I go, okay. So tell me what happened. He goes, well, I got moved to another position. I go, and did you start? He goes, yes. And I go, okay, so that's the truth. And I said, what you're believing is somebody took your spot. And I said, and is it possible though that your divine higher power gave the other person that position so that you would go over here and learn a new strength, power that you didn't know you had? Yeah. And he was like, yes, yes. Yes. And I said, because he told me in these last two weeks, I've learned more than I've learned in six months in football, just because he didn't get that starting spot that he thought was his, that he's learned more this way. And I'm like, so everything all happens for a reason, but people often live in everything that happened. We live in the trauma. We got to talk about yeah. that yeah. because that's what he remembered. The first thing he's like, I mean, cause you heard, I asked him twice if he had to start, if he started. No. <laughs> so then I'm like, okay, let's keep going. And then I said, did you start? Yes. Okay. That's the truth. So we don't live in the truth. Often we live in the story. We tell ourselves about what happened. Yeah. And, but how did I, I mean, he wouldn't have known that that was seventh grade, but his words and, and he kept getting hit in the back again and again. I was like, okay, this, this is no small thing. If you keep having this go on and the out of control power is the belief that he doesn't have any control over what's happening. And I'm, and that's a great spot where faith resides and it takes a lot of courage to be willing. And so I empowered him to, to say, Oh, when I feel this, Oh, this, this is just my, this is my power returning to me and me remembering that something glorious is happening right now. And I said, you repeat that again and again. And he's like, and I willingly receive my power 
because it's a return. The memory is where we left ourselves behind. Yeah. We're here for the return. So mm-hmm. now, and that's what I said, is how you talk about it is the power you're going to give it. And I said, so you can keep saying he's taking something from me. Or you can say, oh, I mean, his whole face lit up. His grin was like this. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then today he's like, my back feels so strong. And and I absolutely believe in ice packs and heating and all these things. We do all these stretching things. But I also believe that when we meet it with the language of how we're speaking about mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. it can change it. Absolutely. Because my first experience with him, he took a whole year doing it the way the doctors wanted to do it with some other, with another injury. And he did it. Uh, we went to a doctor after doctor and PT and PT. And finally, after a year, I looked at him and said, would you like a translation? And he said, yes. So now he speeds up and he asked me sooner because he's learned that we can partner because with something else and discover what's really going on because like you said 80 percent. yeah well I find with patients when they come in and they say my this or my that and I noticed when you were talking and you said in the past I said uh, I and you were talking about I said to myself oh I have to sleep because I am tired you owned it you own being tired and that's the language you had to let go of you're not tired. You don't need to be tired. You don't need to have. You know what my coach said to me? What are you tired of? Yeah, there you go. And I said, oh my gosh. I said, I'm tired of feeling this way. I'm tired of, of, you know, dragging. I'm tired. And so that's, but that's always it. Like, what are you tired of? And I was like, okay, let me get that out. And she was like, okay, well now it's a choice. Because you own it. Yeah, yes. I have to let go of that. Yeah, I, I find that true with with health as well. It's not, and it was health in your case as well. Uh, is changing that language. It's really true, and it's more proof that it's all in your mind. <laughs> and I tell people, if you're gonna go repeat a story, be aware of how you say it. Like, what are you saying about it? Yeah, because then they'll have these great movements, and then I'll hear them socially as if being in here is one way and being out there is a different way. And mm-hmm. I'm like, all that does is reboot it yeah. because you had this great movement. And then now you've got this where you're rebooting it again. I'm like, just be aware that when you're out there and you're telling somebody a story, you, you speak into it. Like for my son to be able to speak into when I was in seventh grade, I was, I was moved to another spot and it was glorious. And this is what I got instead of the things that typically are said. Yeah. Yeah. I, when I first woke up, I had a lot of health issues and I worked with a a prenatal regression therapist because I kind of lived in the past. I was reliving all this old trauma from childhood. And we went from conception forward and completely rescripted my whole life. And we got rid of all those old, you know, this and that and what I was thinking, because that was created by a child. 
And as a child, you don't have the skills and the tools to deal with whatever's going on. And mom and dad aren't perfect. I'm sure I wasn't perfect as a parent. (laughs) Nobody's perfect. So you have to accept that and forgive them and bless them. And, And then today, some of the things my dad did, I've actually thanked him for because it created unbelievable resilience for me. So I look now at things from the past, not as trauma, but as as yours, it's a gift. It's a lesson that helped you in the future and we choose our parents. So that yes. gift is what helped us in our adult life. And like look what call, it's done we, for you. Yeah, we <laughs> call we you. call it an agreement. I call it an agreement. I'm like, I an signed agreement. up for these parents. I agreed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agreed to walk this walk mm-hmm. and to understand. And a lot of times as a child, I mean, we have DNA patterns that come to us. We don't even know where they came from. We don't even know what, I mean, we may later, we may get the information. We may get a download and we may have a full understanding of that because I've gotten some massive understandings because my mother was adopted and I've gotten, and she didn't know her mother, but I've gotten some massive understandings of her mother and been able to understand what came into that. And so why mom did the things she did and that the things that I agreed to and and took on as well, because I just remember my coach sat in front of me and we were talking about being valuable and being valuable and reclaiming your value. And she said, she finally looked at me one day and she goes, what is it in you that is yet to reclaim your value? And somebody said, her mother's adopted. And I went and, and she goes, oh, because you don't give up something that's valuable. And even though my mom was adopted by great people, she did she wasn't aware but she took on all of that that belief that something valuable doesn't get you don't give that up and so whether she did she ever speak those words out loud no but she definitely felt that and so then it just came to me and so and it played out in different ways but it was for me to be able to understand so now that I could I, the decree that I would give them, you know I am my mother remembering my value. I am my mother in me remembering my value. Yeah. And being able to reprogram the DNA patterns that came because I agreed to them, as you said. And they they say it goes back several generations. So it might not just be mom. (laughs) No, 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 no. I mean, I, and I pulled the, we call it pulling the bow back and I pulled the bow back. I know grandma had some stuff and then there's some things I'm, I'm yet to know. And, uh, but I do imagine, I mean, even if you look in society, the way women were back then, I mean, I mean, go back generations. So my mom was born in the forties and a daughter was considered property back then. Yeah. I have relatives that I knew who were born in the 1800s. And I'm older than I looked. (laughs) I knew great aunt great aunts, great uncles. They, my family tends to live into the hundreds. So I've known awesome. a lot of people that were born in the 1800s and society has really changed. You know, people say, oh, the kids today. Well, you know what? Every single generation has said, oh, the kids today, <laughs> because we change, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and thank God, because yeah. if we didn't, I mean, first of all, boring. We'd all know what was going to happen next if that thing changed. It's that funny thing where they have, if you've ever seen that cartoon, 
where the caterpillar is sitting there talking to the butterfly about change. And it's like, you know, when are you going to change and why aren't you changing? And then the butterfly is like, you know, talking about how it, this is natural change or something. And it, it's, it's a funny little thing that they, they're, they're sitting there at the table with each other and it's natural change. You just, you change and we all have, we're required to shift and change and adapt. And uh, thank goodness, because it'd be a boring life if it just stayed oh, yeah. the same. Groundhog day. <laughs> you know, that's so funny because my coach uses Groundhog Day all the time. She's like, Groundhog Day. She's like, use that with people. Tell people, go watch it and and become, I have an understanding of where they've lived their life feeling that way. Because we do feel that way sometimes. What's sad is when you start remembering your past lives, you realize you keep making the same mistakes over and over until you finally learn. And, you know, when you finally learn, it's like, oh, thank God, my next life, I don't have to do this again. <laughs> we get it when we're ready. Yeah, That's what I always say is we get it when we're ready because people will say, man, I sure wish I knew this stuff when I was young. And I'm like, you and now, ready. you know, I mean, you weren't yeah. ready. You weren't yeah. ready. But I mean, and yet, the fact that that I'm able to give this to you know, I have a 15 year old son. He's going to go through to be a coach. He's going to be the youngest coach that that my in oh, our cool. system that we've ever had. And um, my we do eye readings, and so eye readings are a map to your soul. And so in the eye reading, instead of like you can see in there the liver, the kidneys, you can see all of yeah. those things in your eye and iridology. But what we do is we use it for the emotional feeling world. And so we can find where there's a trauma. And yes, I can see the kidney. And to you, you can see, you yeah. know, what's stored in there. But I can see and ask, you know, what the belief is. I can see on the outside. Sometimes there's a, on the, um, on the white of our right. eye, we'll find like yeah. a little black dot. And mm -hmm. that's where we've had a vow and some sort of vow to hold so and something's being held in place. And often I'll find it simply with the people where the words are always and never. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. It's always been this way. You know, I'm always, I will never do that. I will never. And oh. it's holding something in place in the space and where it is, it can be in, you know, it can be in love. It can be in. And so it tells me where they're holding something in place. And so it, it helps because I can ask a question from it. Like, have you had this experience? And then, whoo, then all of a sudden, it's an open door. And I've actually watched people's eyes change. Coach somebody, go back and like, I've had a picture of my eye and I had a haze over the front of it. total haze of wow. anger. It was like a yellow. And then, because that's what I started with because I was angry about what all, you know, I was angry about, you know, being tired. <laughs> and so <laughs> awful funny, but I mean, it's so true. And so, but then you, I took my picture again later and it's totally gone. I've worked with someone and in a week, I took her picture again and already her eye started to change. So the color starts becoming more alive and, and the things. And so you can see a lot in the eye. And so that was one of the things for my son that one of the first things that he required doing was having an eye reading and I asked my coach to do it. And she was like, he's, he's ready. Like he's, she's like, this is going to be the youngest one. And we're going to walk through this together, but he definitely is ready. And I was like, awesome. So the whole thing of 
I wish this had happened when I was younger. I got it when I was ready. Awesome. The next generation able to create change and it's changing me. And then it just ripples out. And to have a 15 year old, I had, I'm, we have a podcast. My word is my wand. And we have had a pause for the summer, me and my business partner. But there's an episode with, in his episode was the most watched and listened to because he, he really, but his football coaches watched it and they texted me. They were like, yes, your child is awesome. And, and I was like, thank you. But he spoke into his body stuff and all around football and language football coaches use. And so it's pretty powerful. Oh, Just, yeah. Because that can create a lot of stuff, can it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Toughen up. Suck it up. Keep going. Yeah. Push. Go. Yeah. And he's rewriting all of it in, in his own, in his self as it's coming to him so that he moves through it completely differently. And so it's amazing. I use radiology for health. Mm -hmm. I haven't used it for the emotional. Have you ever seen people's actual eye color change as they, as they work through stuff? Yeah. Yes. Because a lot of the um, green is not really a color. It's got Two yellow. Yeah. yeah. It's got yellow over it, which can be, um, it can be anger. It can be, I can find it where it, it just lays on top of it. Um and so they're able to draw that out. There's also on the eye color that changes sometimes you'll, what you'll see is these lines and you'll yeah. see these real wavy lines and they're like this and they'll get whiter and whiter and whiter. People sometimes are like, oh, they have icy eyes. And I'm like, if you look at that, that's compulsion. And what happens is as they start shifting their compulsion, the lines start to straighten and then they start to space out so that there's less of it and the color comes through. But yes, I've seen green eyes go blue. Yeah. I've yeah. seen, um, you know, brown eyes lighten because yeah. some of them are really, really, really dark so much. And sometimes they're really dark. And I found a lot of people not desiring to be seen, trying to hide. And so mm. the color goes darker and darker and darker so that you, oh. you can't really and That's so mm -hmm. yeah I'm, i usually look for spots and things like that and what organ is it associated with and then heal that organ or that channel and then i don't know if you've seen this but sometimes you'll get like a a red spiral on the sclera you know mm -hmm. you go yeah, like this sorry. and you uh -huh. what is that for you what is that in your terms so you said a red circle like a spiral I haven't it's not just the dot but they'll get like a spiral it's usually a pretty serious health condition i haven't seen where it actually spin like a spiral this way i've seen where i have different in this glare where you have different veins that could look like they're crossing and they come out like this or they'll cross they'll, they'll go out and they'll meet each other in that oh. way and usually what i find is this is a pattern and this is this is a pattern and it's somewhere where it's um, met so that it's just kind of like my tired and being angry they cross each other so it's how we wrapped them up to we wrap a belief up together um what's really interesting i what supported me so much is so your right eye is you know is your dad and your left eye is your mom and for me in in my marriage and understanding my parents divine union i could look at that and i could see i mean 
one of them doesn't believe they're ever heard. <laughs> and so, and, and then, you know, and one of them's yet to speak. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm like, and, and they, both of them had where they couldn't, they didn't believe they were heard. And then one of them spoke everything that she, every, my dad, he spoke everything that came into his head. And so it showed, and I was like, oh yeah, because I've done that before because in the yoga industry, what I experienced a lot of was I say everything that's on my mind. I just say it. I have no filter. I'm an open book. And I remember I had that and I saw a lot of it and people thought there was some sort of gift. And I was like, and what I learned was saying what's on your mind is not the truth of who you are. It's your heart. And so my dad would say anything that popped in. And I remember that and I saw it. So when it shows up in my eye, I agreed to it. So I have it as well. And it really, with my marriage, it was so helpful to see how my parents had their dance and why they never really hurt each other fully or were able to be present with each other fully. And so I could see that and I was like, oh, awesome. And now I can shift it. And the beautiful part in a union in learning that is instead of taking the other person to counseling and telling them what they should do, you know, or you should, if they change that, then this, I changed all of it inside of me. Yeah. And suddenly the person that was in front of me was different. Right. But that's, you're changing the lens of your eye. So you're, yeah. you're actually changing the lens of your eye. You're changing how you see him. You're yeah. changing how you, how you hear things. So you're, then all of a sudden you're hearing things that you didn't hear before. And it's like, oh, that's, well, that's what he was trying to say. But you just keep interrupting because you already know the rest of the story. Oh, but you wrote it your own way. So now, now you're able, now I'm able to stay and, and hear all the love. Yeah. And I've, it's, I, when the seizure started for me, I was 15 and my boyfriend and I, um, I cheated on my boyfriend with another boy and he decided we weren't going to be together anymore. And I cried and cried and beat myself up and went and, and just, and just believed I couldn't handle what was happening. And boom, I had a seizure. So I married that boy and everybody and from 14, we dated from 14 and I ended up getting back together and marrying that boy until that man. And here I am. And we've been married almost 30 years. And so people always say to me, well, awesome. You, you, you solved everything because you married him and you moved on and you got the relationship and that, but that actually didn't get it solved. And all the beliefs that went into the beginning of our relationship that I know now, boom, that I put in there that have framed some things up. And then when I look at my eye, I'm like, oh, my parents did this too. So it was before me. The other thing about finding out that your parents had a pattern that I think is fabulous is you can say, it's not my fault. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I, I grew up and became my mother and I was married to my father. <laughs> so I totally became that pattern. Uh, I, went, yeah, I used to think my mother was crazy, but I didn't know what codependence was and uh, narcissistic behavior. Well, I married a narcissist and became codependent. And and the first words out of my mouth when I went to get therapy was, I think I'm crazy. <laughs> I became the crazy mom. 
Yes. And the therapist you, said, no, you're not. And I argued with him. So I, we had oh a good gosh. laugh later. <laughs> that's, I, uh, that's hilarious. It's awesome. It's awesome because, and I just love when I find those things, because I can just go, oh, you know, that I'm only doing what I, and I always use the analogy. I tell people all the time. Okay. When, when I potty trained my, that's my boys, I put, because I put them outside, gave them watermelon and no diaper until they beat. And so I taught them to go to the bathroom outside and I was walking with my son one day and I turned around to go get some stuff. And the whole family was going to the pool in my mother-in-law's town home. We look over and there's my son peeing on the median in the middle of the parking lot because it's time to be outside. And my friend, my, my family's like, Gary, Gary, Gary. And I'm like, what's the deal? And I said, but I couldn't get mad at him because he was doing what I taught him. Yeah. And so yeah. that always just, remi I remind myself of that all the time. Cause then I'm like, I was just doing what I was taught. And then it takes the charge out. Then you can see it for what it is. And then you can shift. I taught my daughter the same way. We had a pool, but I had a porta potty and it was a girl. <laughs> so she never tried to do it in a parking lot. She always <laughs> knew you had to go to a toilet. <laughs> but yeah, that's a great way to teach them because you can't pee in the pool and there's the potty. <laughs> no, no. But that memory just reminds me that how we only do what we're taught mm -hmm. and it's okay. It's okay. But we remember that the things we've told ourselves, the guilt, the shame, the kicking ourselves, the frustration with our, with our situations, we'll understand, oh, I'm in this because this is a DNA pattern. And now I see mm -hmm. what I was taught and now I can choose something different because awareness is the first thing. And just knowing that you have something going on is not a full awareness. When you get a full awareness of an understanding of where it came from, it's like, oh, so much. Now you don't better. have to be ashamed. You don't have to feel guilty. You don't have to be embarrassed. It's not your fault. It just happened. And now you can move on. And so you can rewrite it. You, yes. you were talking also about uh, anxiety. How does anxiety play into this? Well, so anxiety is fear. You know, and I, I laugh because people give it all different words, right? I love it because people are like, oh, I don't have anxiety. I'm just concerned. Okay. Okay. Same thing. <laughs> it's the same thing. But it's, 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 that, it's funny how the phrases change to just try to avoid having it. Like, I'm going to call it something else and then I don't have it. Yeah, I'm, I'm just not working. angry. I'm just frustrated. Yeah. Yeah. That one's a good. I've had so many. I got to, when I get a new, now annoyed is the new word for it. And I'm oh, like, annoyed. annoyed is anger too, just so you know. But, um, but the dance of words. So we get this whole thing mostly. And then mothers will say, I just, it's my job to worry. I'm just a little worried. Well, that's anxiety. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, ooh, it's not your job to worry. No, it's, it's a belief. My mother, I believe, my mother believed that it's her job to worry about somebody. And, and so that is anxiety and that's fear. And my, my biggest fear coming when I started all of this was I had fear that I couldn't stay because I couldn't handle what was happening to me. So I was too scared to stay because it, I was so uncomfortable in staying. So I just had to leave. So that's why fear is such a big part of this. And 
that's why we use anxiety because that seems to be the language people are understanding right now. And so it's fear. It's fear. And we all have some fear and, but it's that feeling, but the description I tell people is that my life daily, I said, I've, if you've ever been at the bottom of a body of water and you're trying to swim to the top and you're swimming faster and faster and harder and harder, and you can see the top, your, your, your chest begins to contract. You can't really breathe and you swim faster and faster and faster and faster. And you don't know if you're going to make it in time. You get to the top and you take a breath only to know that tomorrow you'll wake up on the bottom of the ocean. That was my life. And so that feeling of fear what I'm finding is also later in life, people are being consumed by it. And sometimes we're seeing it in younger generations, but what I've seen a lot of is people are getting it past 40 and it's because they've suppressed for so long. You can only run for so long. Mm -hmm. And so it's, you know, get busy so I don't have to think about it or I don't have to deal with it. And so something is rising and it's really it's fear inside of them and it's where they get uncomfortable and they don't know what to do with it and it's funny because a feeling will pass through our body in 30 seconds if we'll allow it we're spending so much time trying to run so that's where the anxiety comes in is that i see a lot of people that have fear and they may not they'll tell me i've Several of them come to me and go, well, I don't really have anxiety, but some of the things you're saying are kind of interesting. So let's, let's, let's dance. I'm like, okay, let's dance. And so, and we start and then there's fear and they're like, oh, I didn't even realize, I didn't even realize I was so scared of that. I'm like, yes, but your words will reveal what's actually going on. That's yeah. what I find. So there's, you can't hide it. What's well, in the body too, if you tune into your body. But I, the first thing I do when people come in is I look, where's their soul? Because nine times out of ten, they're not even in their body. And I'll say, oh, no. what's over there. You want to come down in your body? Because I can't heal anybody that's not in their body. You got to get in the big body stay. Mm-hmm. That's the big stay. And that's the thing is they're running, so they get they jump out of their body. They they'll be talking to me, and then they'll go, oh, and I'm like, you just jumped out. Yeah. I mean, just the word they'll go. Oh, and I'm like, okay, you, you just, you left your body. Come back. Come back. Come back. I said, will you stay? I stay. Oh, I stay. I'm like, no, say it again. And so that they come back in because it's how fast they can jump out. They're more comfortable. Um, than Yeah. There's no pain. So it, yes. So it takes some retraining of your subconscious to be able to say, I stay and feel secure in staying. And that's why most people, my experience is they have something that they love massively. And and when we speak about either love of a child or a love of they can they can ignite love in them. And then I'm then I ask them if they'll love themselves enough to stay. Mm-hmm. And you can't begin with that because most people are like ah yeah yeah I do that I do this you know I brush my teeth every day that's how much I love and so (laughs) and we're reminding them of something that they love very much mothers the first time their kids were born the moment they looked at them 
that moment right there, that's massive love where there nothing else mattered. There wasn't brushing anything. Brushing your teeth it, is a habit. It's just, what'd you say? That's, brushing your teeth is a habit. That's yes. Love. It's the funny things people will say. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, ah, you know, okay. But, um, but that's how nonchalant we are about ourselves. Like, oh, I give myself that, you know, and I'm like, mm. remember that moment with a child? Because there's that feeling. And when you give that to yourself, if you'll love yourself enough to stay, there's a lot of, there's a lot of miracles going on inside of you that can be woken up. Yeah, every day. Yeah, I call those frozen moments in time that you can go back to at any time and just go, oh, I remember that. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. I actually anchor them. If you know NLP, I anchor them in my body right here. Mm -hmm. So I can I can go there anytime and pull them up. And they're um, evidence. They're evidence. I always tell people that's evidence that you have all of this in you and you can do it again. I know that it took me diligently working really hard a whole year to be all the way in my body and grounded and i that was my conscious effort all year long was to be in my body and grounded it's it's not necessarily easy to do <laughs> that was my that it was a year of stay that was one of my big degrees i stay i stay and it was i it was the different ways that I left to be able to find out what the feeling to be able to return. And yeah, I am. That's yeah, it's, you have to work at it. it. It's true. It's true. I found that what I do is the fastest thing that I've been able to work with. And it's what's worked really great for me. And it, it, it does take, we call it God vigilance. You got to have some God vigilance and be willing to. The reward is massive. I had somebody say to me, well, Carrie, it took you a year to do that. I'm like, yeah. And I was out of my body for 32. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I call speeding up. Yeah, it was more than 32 years for me. <laughs> I was older when I woke up. Um, yeah. But a year, that's like, that's quantum. That's quantum speed. Actually, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, that's nothing that's a exactly. drop in the bucket exactly to finally turn your oh i know what i was going to ask you so as you're working with people helping them have you noticed any their health changing also in positive ways oh yes i've had clients that are adhd that are no longer on medication i've had high blood pressure no longer on that because there was a lot of anger you know let go of that anger calms the nervous system, calms everything. And then none of, no more of that. I've had migraines. I had a client that just after one session, her migraines were gone because wow. yeah, it was so much suppression and it was um, trying to suppress. And once she just allowed herself to remember and then went in her body and then just feel it and go through it. Then you find out, oh, that went past pretty fast. <laughs> and that's, people will tell me, I have so, I've had people tell me, I have one client, I laugh. We, we both laugh now. Cause she's like, I have so much to unpack. I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I can do it. And she stayed in it. 
And then she went to a, like a three-day retreat with us. And she was like, oh my gosh, this is so much easier than the story that I was telling myself. And I'm like, it really is. We believe I have so much to unpack. It's going to be so hard. And, and it is work and it can be hard, but it's not the story we're writing. No. And that's what she was like, what? And she actually used to shake physically. You could see her shake physically and she's no longer shaking. Nice. Yeah. So much fear in her family all the way back generations. And she's, I mean, and she's been working with me for a year and now she's no longer shaking. So um that's been amazing. So I've seen that. I've seen the cholesterol, the ADD, uh, the, the shaking. Let's see. God, there's, there's been so many different things. Um, I'm choosing to remember what else. But I've seen a lot of different, um, and a lot with the anxiety has taken them out of life, taken them out of life where they back out and they no longer do the things they used to like to do. Like, I'm not sure why I don't want to be in a crowd anymore, but yet there's this great gathering that your kids and everybody are invited to, but you don't go anymore because. Yeah. When you shift, your life does change. I was raised without vegetables and I couldn't stand vegetables. Oh, wow. And when I was young, I actually got an ulcer and vegetables hurt my stomach. I mean, I got to the point, where raw vegetables, no. Today I have a hydroponic garden and I love vegetables. <laughs> but I had to do a lot of shifting, changing mindset. And then one day I realized, oh, I like this. Oh, I like this. Oh, this doesn't hurt when I eat it. <laughs> Yeah, there's so much and that's and there's so much being able to take in nurturing. Yeah. Yeah. And that is a space where you probably weren't. Oh no, I was never nurtured. I didn't know how to do I had no idea how to nurture. <laughs> I had to learn. Yeah. It, it's it's challenging sometimes. I get a lot of geriatric patients. You know, they're mm -hmm. diabetic and I'll say you have to eat mm -hmm. vegetables. I've right. been, I haven't been eating vegetables for 76 years. I'm not going to start now. And I says, yeah, but look at your health. <laughs> this is why you're diabetic and have neuropathy and can hardly walk because you're not eating vegetables. <laughs> and um, our, and, and my experience with clients that have been diabetic is the, um, the craving for the sugar is the craving for joy. Oh, is it really? Mm -hmm. Wow. The craving for joy. And so desiring to have joy and not, not experiencing it, but, and you know, something in there, that's been my experience with diabetics so far. That's interesting. I'll, I'll keep that in mind. Because you know, the, cra and then I will, because we play with the cravings of what you're even, I, I believe everything's translatable. We even had, I had a class called, um, cleaning out your thought closet. And we had a, we had everybody go into their closet and write down what they had in there and then what they didn't like about their closet. And one girl said, I don't like my closet. First of all, she didn't want to do her closet. She's like, I'm going to do a different closet. I'm like, no, you're not. That's you're just, you're already running. Stop your it. Closet. <laughs> you're not. And so she was like, okay, well, I don't like my closet because there's sweaters in it and all the sweaters remind me of being cold and I go to work during the cold. And oh. so summer, she loves summer. She's a teacher. She loves summer because, and so it reminds her of the cold. 
Well, we kept following the pattern of cold and she felt people were cold to her. When she went to a family gathering, she would sit with people and she believed they didn't hear her. She would leave early and take herself out of there because she believed people were cold to her and she was being received cold. And so we shifted that belief and remembering that you have your warmth, your, your loving warmth in you. I remember my loving warmth and I remember that my love is warm and tender love. And we invited all of that energy in and she gave herself that and went to the next family gathering. She came back. She goes, Oh my gosh. Like they heard me. We had these great conversations and I stayed the whole time. (laughs) And I was like, all of that over closet. So when, when we do classes and stuff and we play with different stuff because people will get fixed on, I know what the problem is. If you just solve my family, my, this, my, that, my, that. So we start playing with stuff that they don't, that they they won't have a already have a fixed opinion about. Let's talk about your class. And then, then we understand, we find all this gold in there because everything is translatable there are no coincidences. I'm like, oh yeah, it's a coincidence that you have. She lives in Illinois where it's cold. I'm like, so I'm like, <laughs> it was just hilarious, but we just started laughing. And when we can find it that way, we can make it more fun and more enjoyable. Yeah. And then yeah. you can, and you can also shift. That's what I love. So that's what Andrea and I, my business partner, we've discovered, we've created classes that are, um, because our coach taught us that everything's translatable. So we took it with a whole new dynamic and we wrote a book on it and stuff. And well, we took it to a whole nother level where we're like, okay, well, let's start translating stuff where people don't know the patterns are, and then we'll get to the gold. And so that's, those are some of the ways that we've played with some things, the music you listen to, the songs, the lyrics, the shows you're watching, people that are watching the news and they're watching like these investigative reporting things. They're always looking for something to go wrong. So we'll find they're always, you know, and the the trust issues will come in that. So we found some of that in those things and songs that you're listening to, what the words are saying. Uh, Love is a battlefield. That was hilarious. We had a love class and we had everybody write down and they're like talking about the songs. Love is a battlefield. It's, it's an old song, but, just the words and believing that love is a battlefield will keep you on a battlefield. So just, I love to find different ways to. Yeah, that's really interesting. So I don't watch TV. I don't own a TV. I rarely listen to music. If I do, it's usually drumming or chanting. So what does that mean? It's, that's, I mean, that's just where you are. It doesn't mean that you, uh, because drumming and chanting, I imagine are going to be things that are going to help center you that help you stay in your body. I don't Mm -hmm. imagine you did that all your life when you were checked out. No, no, no. So, (laughs) hello, because drumming is grounding. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And of course you're drawn to that because you've been out of your body for so long that now you're you're desiring to have the things that support you and staying down connected to the earth. That's what I hear. Cool. Interesting. <laughs> no, I mean, so that's I'm not damaged. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> You're saying, no, it's oh, damaged. I, I can't stand the words to most of the music today. 
when rap came out, it was like, how can people listen to that garbage? And I just stopped listening to the radio. I had a TV when I was married because my husband listened to TV. But when I got divorced, I sold the TV. I don't have. I had one because I like movies. Mm-hmm. But then when I moved, they broke the TV. And I thought, well, I don't need it anyway. Don't even um, own a television. <laughs> that's okay. That's awesome. That's for you. That's works for you. Works for you. Yeah. I can't imagine sitting around watching the same TV shows all the time, which is what a lot of people do. I know. I know. I have relatives that do that. My dad, when he retired, sat around watching old World War II movies. Mm-hmm. old war movies because he was traumatized by world war ii and never got over it well he's not gonna get over it because that's why he just kept feeding himself with it like you said yeah. like you just watch it and and the thing that i love la- we find in some of this stuff is we laugh we call it where you're snorting it like you're just so addicted to it and so you'll be watching these shows and i'm like you're so addicted to it that of course you pick that show of course you pick that movie. Of course you pick that song. Of course you pick that, you know, um, whatever it is, it's because there's part of you that's addicted to that because it's what is known so well. It's what you believe you're comfortable in, yet you desire something to change. So you're not really comfortable, but you just, you know, that's the go-to because that's the um, embedded pattern so far. People fear change. So you have a free gift of eye reading. Tell us what, what's involved with that. What's it So that? in an eye reading, um, I'll have somebody, especially because I can do those on Zoom. And so I'll ask someone to, ask, I send directions on how to take a picture of your eye, take it with your iPhone, have somebody take a picture. And then we will schedule a Zoom call, get on and I will, look at your eye and begin to ask you some questions based off of what I see. And that'll help to walk you through and open up, coming into your greater mission in life. What we say is our greatest weakness shall be our greatest strength. Mm-hmm. So because my one of my big movements, one of my greater mission is to be able to stay. <laughs> and so in that, I'm here for great stay. And, and so I'm here to be the master because if I've been the master on leaving, I'm here to be the master on staying. And so we find in our eye where our greater mission is. What is your greater mission in life? Oh, really? Yes. And so being able to discover that whatever you were masterful, whatever was your biggest, like your biggest weaknesses, you're here to be the opposite of that you're here to have that into a strength but that's what i because often people will say i want to remove this take this out of my body i want to get rid of it i'm like how about you take that energy and let's just transform it to what it was meant to be then we don't have to take anything out of your body and try to put something back in like just use what's there and let's transform it so we take the greatest weakness we can find it in your eye and we can flip it into the greatest strength, which is your greater mission in life, what you're here to do. Um, and I always laugh because that's also what people sign up in their jobs. They just may be translating it a little bit differently of what it is. You know, as a yoga instructor, I'm here to be massively flexible. But I can tell you right now, I wasn't very flexible in my life because I was stuck. 
<laughs> and I was tired. And this is the way it was. So that's part of my greater mission also is to be able to be flexible and enjoy change because I was like, that's the stuck. So in your eye, so when I'll be able to support people in finding their greater mission and moving through some um, great things. And so we just do a small eye reading instead of, I, I have a really large um, one when people decide to do both eyes, but um, on this gift, we'll begin on your left eye because it's your receiving. So it is where you'll have a receiving door for hearing what I am asking. Nice. Um, so for those of you on YouTube, the link will be down below. It's a long link, but if you're listening to the podcast, I'll tell you what the link is. It's embodycoaches.com, E-M-B-O-D-Y-C-O-A-C-H-E-S. So embodycoaches.com forward slash I-E-Y-E dash gift dash page dash 8164. So it's embodycoaches.com forward slash E dash gift dash page dash 8164. Cool. So do you have any closing words for us, Carrie? Ooh. I'm just going to say again that our greatest weakness shall be our greatest strength because I, that to me was one of the most powerful things for me to understand that what I had believed was weakness, that it could actually be shifted. And for all of that energy, that that's the amount of return for you. So if you've been that angry, there's that much return. If you've been that out of your body, there's that much stay. So that you don't even, those things that like you just said no to all the things that would take you out. No TV, no da, 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 da. And just magically. And then you're eating healthy and everything. That it's not a coincidence. I mean, it's all about. And so, but, but you've been mad. You had all this knowledge about how to check out and how to leave your body. That's why you're that. That's why you're such an expert on drawing people back into their body because you had so many years of doing it. That's what I hear. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And that's why you're like every person I see is floating up there. Yep, because that's how you began. So you know exactly how to draw them in because you walked it, you lived it, and now you're an expert. Yeah, that's true. I love that. I hadn't even thought of it in those yeah. terms. <laughs> I'm an expert on staying. Yeah, you are. <laughs> That's really great. Well, thank you so awesome. much, Carrie. We've loved talking to you. You're so welcome. everyone, if you would consider subscribing, we would appreciate it. And if you enjoyed Carrie as much as I did today, give us a little uh, click on the bell down below. And uh, we'll see you again next week, or we'll see you on Thursday evening at the live meditation. So thank you all for joining us and remember to be the light we want to see in the world.